0: It's time for your journey to better health. We have Dr. Brad Shapiro in with us. And, Brad, you also have a special guest, if you would, our standard disclaimer and our sponsors.
1: Yes, sir. Standard disclaimer. Please understand that we're not trying to treat you over the airwaves. So if you do have a health care concern or if we talk about anything that sparks your interest, please seek out the health care provider of your choice, whether it's chiropractor like myself, physical therapist, medical doctor, massage therapist, dentist, whatever the case may be, please seek out the healthcare provider of your choice. Then I want to mention our sponsors. We have Abundant Life Assembly of God Church where myself and our guest, uh, goes. Uh, we go there every Sunday. We were actually there yesterday. Uh, Abundant Life is right here in, um, Winchester Cowan area, just right down the road from this station. You can reach them at 931-967. One one eight seven. Again, that's area code, 931 1187 headed up by Pastor Josh Conrad and his wife, Lindsay. Uh, they do a great job, uh, Sunday morning services at 10.30 a.m., so definitely recommend uh, you come check us out. Second sponsor is Unstoppable Church, headed up by Pastor Brad Brinkley and staff, another great group of people. They do kind of a rock and roll worship service, and then they're associated with a large group called Life Church out of Oklahoma, but you could reach them at 931-649-2909. Again, that's area code, 931-649-2909. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and get started. have a very special guest, uh, do- Dr. Oscar Hernandez. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Brad. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Doing great. Well, I was excited to do this show. Uh, Oscar and I, we had lunch, I guess, a couple weeks ago. We talked about, you know, we need to, to
0: do radio together. So I'm excited to do this. Yeah, me too. I'm really glad to be here. Good stuff. I uh-huh. was almost late coming in today. <laughs> Some screeching <laughs> tires? No. What happened is is that um, I'm still in the summer mindset mm. where you get in your car, you, you do your pocket check. Yes. You crank it up and you drive away. Yes. Well, I got in my car, I cracked it up, and when I looked up, I couldn't see anything. <laughs> you had to use the force. <laughs> the windshield was completely iced over, and you know, so... I, of course, I put on the uh, the defroster and and I'm thinking to myself, how much wind chill do I really need? <laughs> I got you. So I'm trying to drive really slow, waiting in for defrost and looking around. And if I bend my head this way, I can see more of the road. Yes, of course. Eventually, it cleared up and I didn't get stopped.
1: There you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, I'm glad you made it. <laughs> Thank you. What um. If you don't mind, just tell people a little bit a little bit about yourself, just your background and what you currently do, and just anything you think people might find interesting.
0: Well, I've been practicing pulmonary medicine for a long time. Yeah. I have over 30 years of experience. So pulmonary, so the lungs. Lungs. Yes. Yeah, related to the lungs and breathing. Uh, I started out doing only critical care medicine, and then I switched over to pulmonary and critical care medicine. I'm triple-boarded in internal medicine, pulmonary with special qualifications in critical care, which is what they call it. Okay. And I'm practicing here out of Winchester. I've been in the Tennessee area for uh, close to 11 years. Oh, wow. 12 years, maybe. Okay. Where'd you move from? We moved up from Miami. Miami, that's right. Okay. Okay. And I started out in Tullahoma. In, uh, uh, then uh, in, in what was called Harton back then. Okay. And then we came here to the hospital here in Winchester. Then went back to Tualhoma. Then came back to Winchester. <laughs> so I've been back and forth in these two hospitals, but mainly staying in this local area. Okay. And then now you have your, like, a private practice, don't you,
1: along with working with hospitals some? or. Yes.
0: Uh, when I first came here, I was employed. Okay. Uh, and then I went into private practice on my own. Okay. So... um um I'm strictly on my own now. The hospital does contract me to cover certain uh, days. HARTEN uh, does not require my coverage at this point, but that's also in the works. okay. and um, uh, uh, this is this is uh, what I'm available for in in my practice, basically mostly outpatient pulmonary, okay, medicine, okay. So what what types of cases do you see a, a lot of? Like, what are some of your typical cases? Well, um, mostly it's people with COPD. Okay. And that's chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Okay. And asthma. Okay. Like Like I tell many of my patients... You know, cardiologists make a living off bacon. I make a living off tobacco. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of smokers in this area, so yeah. there's a lot of lung disease. Okay. And I do tell my patients that, ingest, but I do encourage them to quit smoking yes. as quickly as possible. <laughs> Which is a tough thing for a lot of people. A very lot. tough. Yeah, very addicting. Yes. Actually, one of my staff tends to... Indulge in the tobacco <laughs> habit and she sees it every day that comes in through the door.
1: <laughs> she sees the nightmare, but Yes. Still.
0: I don't have to tell her anything. I just look at her and she rolls her eyes <laughs> I got you, that's hilarious.
1: Uh, that's good stuff. Well, um, what uh you know, so you've been in private practice for a while, so what um where do you see your practice going in the next few years? Well, um
0: I don't plan to work full time. Okay. In the next few years. Okay. Uh, I would like to just cut back and do my office. Right now, I'm working three days a week. Okay. Um, and I'd like to I'd like to keep it that way. Yeah. Three days a week. And um, I don't plan to retire, period. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm thinking they're probably going to have to carry me out. I'm the same <laughs> way. I totally get that. Yeah. So, but I'll hand over the inpatient management to uh, whoever they hire next. Okay. Okay. Good deal.
1: Well, um, I know one of the things we talked about too at church was just the idea of, you know, sharing our faith. And do you I mean, do you get the chance to share your faith very often with patients? Or
0: truthfully, not as often as I would like. Yeah, I do. I do try to feel them out, see how see how they're approaching this. Yes, and uh, I look for an opening to 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 share my faith and yeah. to share the hope. Yeah, that Christ offers not only in this life but in eternity. Yes, um, some are receptive and uh, and some are not.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: I think that's just the reality. Um,
1: same thing with me. You know, we we're pretty bold with it in the sense that you know we'll have worship music planned and. Um, right now on the whiteboards and in the ingestion rooms, so we've got written "Jesus is the reason for the season," <laughs> so we're you know pretty open about it. But but also, I mean, I, for sure, not all of our patients are believers, and and um, you know everybody's welcome. And it's just it's it's one of those things that you just have to kind of feel out the situation and see where people are, are at and what they're comfortable with. And but I, I still think it's great that you find those opportunities when you can to to share your faith. Um, what uh I mean how do you you know for me like I tell the the patients and the staff that you know the clinic belongs to the Lord I'm just the vessel with the bad <laughs> jokes um but how, what's your perspective as a believer you know when it comes to you know practicing as a doctor and being a business owner um how does your your walk with the Lord influence the way you run your business and um the way you see healing and the way you approach patients and I know that's kind of a broad based question but
0: it is uh the um uh, I don't really own my business. Yeah. My business is owned by a group out of Nashville. Okay. It's a group of radiologists called Advanced Diagnostic Imaging. Yes, okay, that's right. And they do all my office managing work, the billing and and the business aspect and uh, uh, they they actually pay me a salary depending of on, on how much the, op, the the practice brings in. Okay. But I do all the day-to-day operations. Okay, so the day-to-day operations are basically um, focused on mostly listening. Okay. okay, so when 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 people come into my office, I listen to them. Okay, one of the complaints that I get from patients who come into the office from other practices, so to speak, is that nobody listens to them. Yes, yes, and I I sit and listen. I spend time with them. That's awesome. Now. I know that in this current medical practice um, field, the way it's working, you can't spend too much time with your patients because uh, the, the only way to make a viable practice is to have a significant amount of population. So you have to see a number of patients during the day. Yes. But I've decided not to do that. Okay. I've decided just to spend quality time with the patients, listen to them, talk to them, and many times educate them. Yes. So I've had some patients who come into the office and almost exclusively, I will sit with them in my private office on the computer and I will go over their x-rays. This is your x-ray. This is how the CAT scan works. This is what we're looking for. This is what we find. And this is what we can do about it. Okay. And I That's think awesome. it goes a long ways into putting them into focus as to what it is that they have because they can see it. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: OK. No, that's awesome. I, You know, we one of the things we do on every Friday, which um, I think I mentioned this to you and you're always welcome if you can make it. Um, but we do a prayer group on Fridays from 1230 to 130 at the clinic. And one of the things that came up in one of our last you know, prayer group sessions or whatever you want to call it is just this whole idea of really taking time. To do uh, to do what what needs to be done with patients and with people just in general, you know, really taking the time to talk to them, really take the time to listen to them, and um, I remember that you know I really felt a lot of conviction when we were were praying about that in the sense that I need to I need to worry less about time when it comes to keeping my schedule and just be focused on being there with the patient, whatever their needs look like. Because um, I'll be honest with you, I, I've been guilty at times of thinking, man, i got to keep a schedule here, and you have to see a, a certain number of patients to make a practice viable. Um, but I really found when I made that commitment just to spend whatever time I needed to with patients, it's like everything just came together the way it was supposed to. Uh, the flow was beautiful with patients. Um, some that I had to spend a little bit more time with, it bounced out because I had others that just weren't as time consuming, just based on the the different circumstances of what they were dealing with. Um, but I think that's awesome that you really take the time to listen. Um, I think that's just a cultural thing on top of, you know, what you see in practice is just people don't want to take the time to listen. They don't want to take the time to really engage with people. They don't want to take the time to see where they're at. Um, you know, and what uh, what their opinion, you know, hear their opinions and, and take that time to really communicate. So I think that's awesome that you're doing that. Thank you. For sure. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, I'm sure your patients really appreciate that. <laughs> I think they do. Yeah. Um, I think they look, they look for that. Yes. And when they come to see a doctor, uh, they look for someone who's going to listen to them. Yes. And try to address whatever issues they have. Yes. And some of them have shown... Uh, gratitude. Yeah. Um, I mean, ADI, yeah. the company I work for, will definitely send them a bill. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is how. Ha- this is what happens. This is this is the the corporate side. Yes. And okay, which I do not get involved in. Yes. But I've had people who tell me that good. You listen to me, and I have. I have a, a few patients that bring me tomatoes. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Box of tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Homegrown. Yes, fresh and, in the garden. Yes, fresh yes. in the garden, but yes. not right now because of the weather. Yes. But I do have people who bring me um, uh, beef jerky, I mean venison jerky. Yes. And frozen meat. And so it, it's, it's a two-way street. Yes. It's, it's a two-way street. It is, establishes a personal relationship with uh, two people. Yeah, you're not just a cog in the machinery of medicine. Yes, yes. So it, it values who they are as okay. an individual. Okay,
1: that makes really good sense. Well, I guess along those lines, what what changes have you seen over the years since you've been practicing? You know, how's medicine changed? How's healthcare changed?
0: What are some of the big changes you've seen? I think medicine is becoming more and more top heavy. Okay. So we have so many more regulators uh who tell you how how to practice what to do when you see a practice yeah um uh, working out the in, in the practice mm. so we have uh because of the uh the uh, the ages and the chronic illnesses that i see like chronic or pulmonary disease many of my patients are medicare okay are, are funded by medicare so they have their guidelines of how to do things Um. Their guidelines are sometimes very restrictive, so if I want to order a specific test on a patient, we have to jump to hoops to get it approved. Okay. Uh, if I want to order certain certain medicines, uh, the insurances will do everything possible to deny because these, some of these treatments are expensive. Yes. And these inhalers, uh, they keep coming out with new ones that okay. are, are better, not greatly better, but certainly better than the older ones. Okay. And these brands are not generic. Okay. And these inhalers are extremely expensive. Okay. So we have to find one that the insurance will pay for uh, to a certain degree and not empty their pockets in the copay. Okay. And of course, there's always samples, you know, sure. uh, available uh, for the most part. Um, okay. Because I do run out of those samples pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. What is an inhaler cost? Like, what's a, what's a ballpark?
0: Well, it's the, new, the newer inhalers, yeah, you, uh, just right out of pocket, you're looking at least $500 Wow, for one little canister. Wow. How long will that last? One canister. A month. A month. Okay. Gosh. That's crazy. And you have no control over that. I have either. no control over that. Yeah. But some patients don't require the full dose. Okay. So suppose you have to use an inhaler that you use one puff or two puffs twice a day. Mm-hmm. And their lungs are doing very well. I say, well, don't use it twice a day.
1: Yeah, let's you can, stretch it out. You,
0: you can use it just once a day. Okay, in the morning, and if you don't have problems at night, you could avoid that, and then your inhaler will last two months. Yes, which is a big deal. Yes, we have to put out, uh, a lot of money out of pocket. I would think that's something that's changed too
1: over time. Is just have to be more money sensitive of how you manage situations. Um, I know that's a big part of the conversations I have to have with patients is very few people aren't money conscious to some degree. Um, and so just constantly thinking in, in creative ways of how can we stretch their dollars a little bit further? Um, how can we get them more bang for their buck? Uh, you know, how can you get two months out of an inhaler versus just one month by doing it Correct. just once a day versus twice a day? Um But I think that's great. I I definitely have to think along those same lines with supplements and um, the amount of, you know, treatments they need, amount of chiropractic adjustments they need. And, you know, one lens that I try to look at things through are efficiency and effectiveness. You know, what's the most efficient way to to get somebody there? But also it doesn't really matter if it's not effective, if it doesn't actually work. Um, So we have to balance those two factors where we want to be as efficient and as cost effective as humanly possible. But also, if it doesn't work, if it's not effective, then what's the point? Um, but I think that's a that's something that's really changed because, you know, back in the, the Mercedes 80s, as I've heard it called <laughs> before, you know, insurance would basically pay for just about anything. And so I'm sure you had a lot more freedom just to think, okay, I don't have to think so much in terms of money. Just what does this patient need and piece of cake and bada bing, bada boom. But it's just a totally different environment now with the way insurance is
0: structured and what they will or will not pay for or Absolutely. So. The thing is that uh, a lot of these insurances, insurance companies, and 3rd we call them third-party payers, basically, because somebody else pays. Yeah. Is that they hire a screener. Okay. They, they, have, they, they hire a company uh, to screen the uh, necessity of the, of the medications and the tests that, that, that I order. Okay. And I think, I don't want to be too cynical yeah. But from my experience, I've noticed that these screeners, their job is to say no. Yes. <laughs> I think the, you might be on something. That. That's what they get paid for, is to say no. Yes. So then the the paper battle begins, and you have to send this and send that, and do this and do that. And then sometimes i got to talk to a doctor, yeah. you know, who works for that company, and then try to convince him that it's necessary. Yes. Yeah, I um I started out with
1: my first life coach. I've had three life coaches over the years. And um, my first one, her name was Fran Henry. And this was, I was probably in my early 20s at this point. And she was somebody that just taught me so much. Um, everything from standing up straight. She used to always tell me, you know, Brad, lead with your heart type stuff. And so many things that she taught me. But her background before she became a life coach is she worked for a, a well-known uh, insurance company where she was one of those screeners and she said that that they were trained to say no seven times and basically if the the person or the doctor, whoever the patient, whoever it was, stayed persistent long enough and got through those seven rejections, then they would eventually say yes. And this and this was, you know, I'm I'm forty four, this is my early twenties, so this is at least twenty years ago. So the policies may have completely changed. Um, but it's I think you're right, I think a lot of their job is to not only scream but just say no as often as possible uh to reduce their costs well so. i think
0: I think she she let out a secret <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> open secret, yes, yeah, well uh, yeah, I see it every day, yeah in my practice, yeah, and half half of the stuff I do is go back and resubmit this and resubmit that, yeah, and they expect you to give up, yeah which we don't.
1: Yes, yes, good, persistence. I'm sure your patients appreciate that, too. Because um, that's another part of this, too, is is doctors. We really have to be advocates for patients to really help them get what they need. And so I'm sure your patients do appreciate that persistence to, to really try to fight for them and help them receive the care they need. So that's good stuff. Well, um, so we've got about seven minutes left. Um, I would love to just transition into more of just your walk with the Lord. Um, You know, you've got some great insights as far as I'm concerned. You you led one of the men's meetings. So we do a a men's meeting the second Saturday of every month. I just want to throw that out there for listeners. And and by the way, to remind you guys, I'm talking to Dr. Oscar Hernandez. So if you're just now tuning in, that's who we're talking to. Um, But Dr. Hernandez, he led one of the men's meetings. It's been two, three months ago, something like that. But just some of the insights that you had, some of the things the Lord was sharing with you, uh, the way you were were looking at certain scriptures, I just found it super fascinating and really uh, just such a blessing. Um, but what are some of the things that you feel like the Lord's showing you um, in these, you know, in these current times or in your own walk with the Lord? Or what are some of the things that stand out to you? Well,
0: it's it's always fluid. Yes, it it doesn't just start. And, and there's, it's a chain. And, yes. and you know this, and then based on that, this is, your eyes are opened, so to speak. Yes. And then after that, your eyes are opened here. And after that, your eyes are opened here. <laughs> and it's it's a fluid thing that keeps going and going and going and going. Yes. And um, the, the closer you get um, to what the Lord wants to say, the more you realize how impactful it is in your own life. Mm-hmm. Not just in everything around you or your your wife, your children, your practice, but it's impactful in who you are as a child of God. Okay. Um, I've been studying about Adam recently, but I would like to say that this is all based on something that the Lord showed me uh, decades ago. Okay. And it has to do with what the the scripture calls the Ancient of Days. Okay. We've seen God painted as uh, as an old man, almost like a Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With long hair and long beard and dressed in white up in the clouds. Yes. Well, I've seen something like that in my own mind's eye. Mm. But the long hair and the long beard is reality. mm Okay. this is, this is how reality flow, flows from God, okay, and then the, the further away it gets from God, the more it deteriorates and deteriorates and deteriorates and deteriorates until it finally just breaks apart okay and God is continually making new reality that we cannot possibly imagine because mm. it doesn't exist okay so he takes something that doesn't exist and then he makes it real okay and then Jesus was able to actually meet up with God at the point of reality creation. Okay. He was able to match God's movement, so to speak. Hmm. Like you can say God zigzags <laughs> in his in his creation. He zigzags back and forth and we don't know where it's gonna go. Yes. But Jesus kept up. Jesus was able to hit that moving target. Jesus was able to hit that moving target, he was yes. hooked to God, you yes. know. And he believed God that's the thing Jesus did he believed god yes. and he wasn't fixed on the reality that was fading away mm. but on the reality that god was in the process of creating yeah. so wow. this is this is where i start and then this is where i follow through where is god going next how can i how can i adhere to something that doesn't exist yet
1: yes okay interesting <laughs> <laughs> that's very interesting um yeah it's you know that's something that i think we could meditate on
0: endlessly <laughs>
1: for sure but now it's uh it is neat how the lord will reveal himself to all us to all of us individually and corporately in different ways um, cuz i'm i'm very much the, the same way in the sense that you know my walk with the lord is very fluid and um, i think it is for anybody i think that's part of the sanctification process where we're just kind of going from from process to process and growing and growing and from glory to glory. Um, but that's, you know, one of the scriptures talk about he knows, he knows every hair in our head. So the Lord knows how to communicate to us. He knows that, hey, that visual is really going to speak to Oscar and uh, really true. going to be something that um, that you can sink your teeth into and, and really meditate on and, and, and grow by, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit giving you greater revelations and greater understanding around that. But um, I, to me, one of the takeaways of what you were just talking about is just how exciting this stuff is. Um, for me personally, before I got saved, I thought the most boring thing you could ever do was would be to become a Christian, a follower of Christ. I really did. Um, and since I became a, a follower of Christ, I found that it's actually the exact opposite. There's nothing more adventurous, more exciting, more amazing than walking with the Lord. You never know what he's going to reveal to you next. You never know what's going to happen
0: next. Um, and it's just okay. such an exciting adventure. Yes yeah, so. and the thing is that like you said everybody is different. Yes. yes, everybody has a different perspective and everybody has a different um word, yes this, to use that word. Yeah. Uh the the service before last we were all in a worship yeah. uh, position before the Lord and then suddenly somebody stands up and there's a word from God. Yes. And I'm thinking this is great. <laughs> I love to be with God's people. Yes. This is where life happens. This yes. is where the life of God happens yes. among us. Yes. And the more you, you get together with others, the more you realize that this guy has God. Yes. This guy is worshiping and praising the God that is in my heart. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I'm sure he feels the same way about me when I'm worshiping and praising the God that is in his heart. Yes. Amen. Well, would you mind closing us in prayer? Oh, we've got a, one more minute left. Okay. Our Lord, God, our Father, we thank you. We praise you, worship you in the name of Jesus, whom you've given to us to reveal yourself to us. Yes. Open our eyes that we may understand you, your word, our ears that we may hear you, yes. our hearts that we may understand and obey And follow, you are our only hope in this life and the life to come. Bless my brother Brad, give him wisdom and peace And those that are listening to us right now. Yes. Touch them, Father, touch them in their lives, in their hour of need, in their time of need. Bless them, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. And Merry Christmas to everyone. And we won't, be, we won't be doing the show Monday of next week, but we'll pick it back up the first Monday in January, which is January 2nd. But hope hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. Thanks again for joining us, Doc. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. No problem. Thanks.